According to the latest survey published by the Hong Kong Census and Statistics Department, 250,000 households in Hong Kong own pets, mainly dogs and cats, and 70% of them are bought from pet shops or given by friends or relatives as gifts. Owning a pet is a big commitment and has significant financial implications as cats and dogs have an average lifetime of 15 years. Jimmy Lam met Cynthia Smiley, founder of Animal Behaviour Veterinary Practice, to learn about the financial considerations of owning a pet. After that, Jimmy spoke to Money Talk Extra listener and dog owner Mark Hoy to understand his concerns. When we walk past uh, some pet shops, uh, we may think the puppies or the kittens uh, look very cute and want to own them. Um, so what questions should we ask ourselves before deciding to own a pet? Okay, well, it's very important to really, first of all, examine your lifestyle um, and whether that cute puppy or kitten is actually going to fit into uh, into the time that you have. Um, you animals are quite time consuming so um, you know if you're working 12 hour days and things it's not such a good idea um, whether you have enough space for the animal um, and also very important to uh, think about whether that particular animal is going to actually fit in with your lifestyle as well because you know there are certain breeds of dogs some of them are very active require a lot of exercise um, you know, certain breeds of dogs have their own behavioural needs and may not always be very suitable for life in Hong Kong. Um, so it's very important that you know all of those things are taken into into consideration. And what are the main costs when it comes to owning a pet? Um, well, hopefully you're not going to buy your animal, but obviously if you want a particular breed, then that can be very costly. Um, but also there are just basic costs such as um, making sure that the animal has been fully vaccinated. Uh, we would always recommend that a dog is desexed, um, you know, at about six months old. Um, there are things for dogs, there are things like uh, regular heart guard treatment to prevent them getting heartworm, um, treatment to prevent ticks and fleas, uh, which need to be um, done on a regular basis. Um, annual boosters uh, that are done but then there are just other costs such as you know food um, toys litter trays um, collars leads bowls that kind of thing and uh, those things can be quite costly uh, so that, you know, there are a lot of probably a lot of hidden costs that people don't always um, think about and roughly how much does it cost um, to give a pet uh, through the lifetime? Um, I think that for your sort of medium-sized dog, for example, um, you're probably looking at about 100,000 Hong Kong dollars, you know, through its entire life, if it, if it lives for about 15 years. Uh, obviously, more or less depending on the size of the dog. Uh, I haven't also costed in there, you know, the cost of unexpected things like, um, you know, a dog having accidents or recurrent chronic diseases that need to be treated on a regular basis. So, um, you know, those can be, they're unexpected and, and obviously, you know, um, can be quite costly to, to, to fix. Um, cats obviously will be much less, but, you know, there is a considerable financial commitment to having, to having a pet. Now, I'm also joined by our listener, Mark, who has a dog. Um, morning, Mark. Morning, Jimmy. 
Um, so how long have you been with your dog? Uh, it has been 12 years since, since I bought Bobby. He's a brown Pekingese dog. And um, how much money do you spend on uh, Bobby? Is he a high-maintenance dog? Well, since Pekingese usually lives for 12 to 15 years, Bobby is an elderly now. And a few years ago, he had some problem with his spine, and I'm quite worried. Uh, after that, he always needs medicine from time to time. Together with the diaper, the food, the snacks, it costs like uh, 1000 to 2000 per month. And it's uh, Bobby a burden for you financially? Um, normally, I can handle the monthly expenses. But last year in December, Bobby was severely sick and I took him to the pet clinic. Uh, initially, the doctor said Bobby may pass away, but he survived at last and thank God. At first, the doctor asked us to put him in a cage and an oxygen container at home. But slowly, he didn't need it. Um, the whole treatment of staying in a clinic and all the equipment cost me like around 20000 last time. I worry I may need to spend another sum of money later on when he gets older and needs treatment again. And also recently, I had started doing some business with friends in China. From time to time, I have to travel to mainland China. Uh, I live alone and the places where my family members living do not allow pets. So it is quite difficult to find somebody to take care of Bobby when I travel. You heard there from our listener Mark, who has a 12-year-old brown Pekingese dog. He mentioned some of his worries, including his extended periods away from home and the rising medical expenses as his dog gets older. To get some advice from Mark, Jimmy Lamb went to speak to Jane Gray, Chief Veterinary Surgeon at the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. When your pet gets out, just like our listener Mark, um, how would that impact the general expenses you spend on the pet? And what advice would you give? Well, the first thing to realise I think is really important is that pets age faster than people. Approximately one year for a pet is like seven years for people. So a lot of can happen during that time. So really animals should always have a minimum of a yearly check with the vet. But as they get older, and obviously especially if they get sick, they should really probably have more frequent checks. Seven years is considered a cut-off um, where animals, if you like, become more senior and more prone to disease, um, which is a particularly important thing to realise. Um, and the key really here is not just to um, wait till your pet gets sick. Disease prevention and catching disease early is really important because either you'll be able to cure that disease, ideally, and if you can't cure it, you'll be able to slow the progression of the disease and make the pet more comfortable, give it a better quality of life. And ironically, this often works out cheaper in the long run than waiting till your pet gets really sick and having a really big bill um, because at least the expenses will be spread over time as opposed to a, a sudden massive expenditure which owners will find hard harder. One of the things I'd like to mention here, if okay, is that since 2005 we've been running wellness clinics for dogs and cats at, in our all our SPCA centres, which is um, really good, particularly for pets over seven years, and it, we do it for all animals, but particularly seven years and above. And this covers a full body exam, bloods, urine and faecal testing, blood pressure, and for older cats it also includes a thyroid test because older cats are very prone to hyperthyroidism and this is a really important disease to catch early. Um, and owners will receive a certificate of the exam and all the blood tests to keep for their reference. Um, so that's sort of an example of 
trying, you know, just like ourselves, we go for, well, I go now because I'm getting older for medical checks. It's, you know, pets are just the same. They're all living human beings with the same anatomy, the same similar diseases to what we get. And as regards to really coping with these extra expenses, particularly as pets get older, yeah, they are more liable to get sick. And there's sort of two options available that when I talk to owners. One is insurance. It's becoming much more popular in Hong Kong now. There's more than one insurance agency offering. What I would advise, though, is get your pet insured from an early age. A lot of insurance companies do not um, allow you to insure your pet if it's 10 or 12. You know, you've got to have insured it all the way along, uh, which I think is fair enough in a way, but it's something to think about. Think early and plan early. The other thing is, if you're not keen on insurance, um, I actually tell people, why don't you just save a little monthly fee in a bank account for your pet and call it, you know, Bobby's Fund or or whatever's fund? Um, because even with young pets, you, they do get sick and they can get knocked down. They can have, um, you know, se- severe disease from time to time. And, and yes, it's always good to plan ahead. And it, the great thing is, if your pet never gets sick, then you've got money. <laughs> you've actually saved some money. So, I mean, there's a double benefit there. Yeah, and also another issue mentioned by Mark is that he would like to go to visit mainland China quite often. So, um, and his family members, which is, lives in a different building than him himself, that doesn't allow uh, pets. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So, um, what advice would you give to him? Yeah. Well, for a start, this is a big problem in Hong Kong, and I appreciate his dilemma. Um, I wish more flats in Hong Kong would allow pets, but that's not what we're talking about <laughs> today. Um, the options really depend on the age, the disease status, and stress levels of the dog. Ideally, if it's an old dog, particularly if it's a sick dog, it really ideally should stay at home um, and be cared for at home. So, if he can find a friend or someone who can come in at least twice a day to feed and check on the dog and ideally if they he can find someone to actually move in and um, when, I'm very lucky when I go away I have a friend who will move in and look after my cats and dogs so you know that's the best situation for an old dog to avoid stressing it however if it's not possible then really it's, um, it's very important to find a reputable licensed boarding premises unfortunately many people will board animals at pet shops and these aren't actually often licensed some of them are but most of them aren't and often these dogs older dogs and are mixing with younger dogs and kittens that could have diseases so it's really not a good idea i would definitely recommend to go and visit the boarding kennels because it's really important that you're going to feel comfortable before you book it to make sure you're, you're comfortable with where your dog's going to be. Talk to the staff, you know, make sure that they're going to properly take care of your dog. Any special needs, it's really important to advise them of. Um, then again, we, at the SPCA, we actually have a boarding kennels here for our members, and we're quite proud of our high standard of boarding. One of the great things is we will accommodate animals that are older, that need treatment. Our kennel keepers are trained to, to give the treatments. And the, the other great thing is a vet is available every day because the boarding kennels are on site. So if an animal is sick, the, the kennel keeper will alert the vet and they'll get checked. And obviously that's an added bonus, and particularly if you've got an old dog that might get sick. That was Jane Gray, Chief Veterinary Surgeon of the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals.